right, you are listening to episode 81 of the Water and Stone Church Podcast. My name is Dieter Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. And I'm Jenny Randolph. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, as we gather around, I just want to let you know that there's a little bit of a, a frost in the air. It's Lies. Getting, it's getting super Lies. chilly it's outside. still 90 outside. We're don't all, believe him. Everything smells like pumpkin. We can Listen, almost hear Christmas carolers. You Listen, are a don't man judge of the cloth, me. and you need to stop your lying. Listen. We're in in St. Petersburg, Florida, which of course is the finest city on the face of the earth. But I think that everywhere you live, there is a period of the year where you just don't really want to go outside that much. I think if we lived in Bismarck, North Dakota, that wintertime you stay indoors as much as you can, you bundle up, that kind of stuff. Here in St. Pete, it's the summertime, and we are... At the end of August. Yeah. It's been a pretty brutally hot August. Yeah. And, you know, look, we live in paradise. It's wonderful all the time. You know, we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon where if the, if the rain allows us, we're going to go watch the sunset at the beach. It's not so bad. But the summer feels like it's always this time of year where this is the Thursday of our week. You know what I mean? Thursday is that day. It's, it's the longest day of the week because you're more than halfway through. So you've been doing whatever it is that you've been doing, but you still got to get through all of Thursday and all of Friday. So Thursday morning is that day. So we're in the Thursday morning of our summer. And I keep telling myself that we're almost into the burr months. You know, those are the ones that end in burr, September, mm, October, October, November. Yeah. And so there's a little affirmation in there that, that before too long. And, you know, there's a little bit of wishful thinking, I think, that every Floridian has in the evening and after the sun's gone down for a while. I was outside about 11 o'clock last night, just letting the puppy out and all that. And it Felt all right for a minute. Just and that was for kind a minute. of a, Just for a minute. starting to happen. And meanwhile, there's uh, they've given up on the back to school stuff. They're starting to bring out the Halloween stuff, and we're at the beginning of amazing things. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, the this always kind of feels like um, a second New Year in a way. Yeah, I get that. I always want to, you know, even though our kids are not in school anymore, they've both graduated and. And they're on to, you know, real jobs and real life and all that good stuff. Sure. But I always have a feeling of back to school is kind of like a second new year. And this time of year is for new beginnings and and you get, you know, new stuff. And this week I started filming again for this day because we're... um, our first episode will be up the first Friday of September. Yeah, I love what you've been cooking. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. So if you haven't seen um, what I'm doing, go check me out. Go follow me on this day um, and all my social media at Fill Your Hungry Soul. But anyway, back to the point. I've been cleaning out the kitchen and getting rid of stuff that I don't need. And mm-hmm. typically that's saved for, you know, the beginning of the year. But honestly... If this is like, it's I've kind noticed of, about it's, you that your spring cleaning happens in the autumn. Yeah. Yeah. It and does. I don't know if it's because of the way the seasons work here in Florida or whatever, but we're not on a harvest calendar. No, we're not. As a beach community, you the know, it's a different times, vibe. Yeah. The two times I really clean out the house are at the beginning of the year because you're putting all the Christmas decorations away and you have a chance to go through your stuff as you're putting out your normal stuff. And, and then, you know, and then again, it's, it's the autumn and I'm just, I'm gearing up for the holidays and getting the house really spick and span because you have more company and you you have more people staying over people but, have come down from up north mm-hmm. because the hot part of the year is over yeah and absolutely so on so forth. absolutely yeah and it's, it's almost snowbird time though too so it's that's okay always... i can handle that because it uh, means before too long hurricane season will be in our rearview mirror before true. too long and 
I still think about, well, well, you know me. You've been married to me for a very long time now. But uh, I still think about everything like I did when I was eight. So back when back-to-school stuff comes out in the stores, there's a little bit of excitement about maybe a new Trapper Keeper. I'm still a big fan of office supplies. I was looking at fountain pens on Amazon just an hour or so ago. I'm always, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But for me, if there's this continuum, it's like the train slowly pulls out of the station and one car pulls another car, pulls another car. And before too long, back to school goes away and we start talking about Halloween. And before too long, it's going to be Thanksgiving stuff. And there's that beautiful transition between Halloween and Thanksgiving because it's all pumpkins and it's all those same autumn colors and all of a sudden everything happens in an amazing way and before long inexorably we're pulled into thinking about uh, Christmas and everything else and your birthday and my birthday are in November and our little girl's birthday is in December and so there's this amazing celebration that happens and before too long we're waiting for Santa Claus and it's this amazing thing of I don't really want time to go too fast. But if the train would just hurry up and get out of out of summertime <laughs> station and into into Autumnsville, I'm ready for it. And I'm excited about it. You know, I don't want to miss anything and all that. But this is actually a really fun time because we're just getting ready for big things. And I have to say, I feel that New Year's thing. I feel something's happening at the church. Mm-hmm. There's We're getting, we're starting to see some more new people and we're starting to see a, a new energy and we're starting to see a new feeling all over the place and it's really exciting and i can't exactly put my finger on it we're we're trying a million different things i know that's not very scientific if you were scientific you would just change one thing at a time and see what people respond to but we're just too excited we're doing a bunch of stuff all the time we're just doing everything that we can all the time and stuff's starting to happen and it's really exciting. So I'm really thrilled about everything that's going on. Uh, wherever you are listening to this, whether you're around Florida or you're just somewhere else, and we know we've got listeners all over the world, which, by the way, is pretty amazing. Yes. But wherever you're listening to this, I hope that you're experiencing some kind of a sense of new beginnings. No matter where you've been, something amazing can start right now if you just decide to be excited about it. I love it. And, you know, pumpkin stuff. But you know what? I prefer, I prefer <laughs> You trailed apple. off. You're like... Pumpkin stuff, <laughs> but I prefer apple stuff. I prefer apple stuff. See, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to start. A, I'm going to start. I'm going to start a new charge for instead of all the pumpkin spice latte stuff. I'm going to start doing like apple cider stuff and mm-hmm. and start start for a. Push I'm pumpkined out already. I'm. I see. I'm Are a peppermint you? guy, but oh, okay. see, peppermint. You have no. I mean, people argue that it's too early for pumpkin, and it is too early. For oh, pumpkin. absolutely. Yeah. No. But it's really too early for peppermint. So I'm going to hold my my opinion until you, peppermint doesn't really come out until like late november yeah and that's absolutely. okay but well, that's well pumpkin spice should not technically come out until late september mm-hmm. i mean technically that's when fall happens i think that that's you know pumpkin that's when spice it's to deserves go. everything that it mm-hmm. can get i mean it was kicked out of the spice girls very early on they all made a bunch of money and it's nice to see pumpkin spice nobody just really likes to... gingers no i'm kidding and people were really <laughs> upset with old spice but but anyway like to share with you our Sunday worship service for August 26, 2018. The title of the lesson is called Wonder Bread, and it is the fourth in our series called Signs. And that is a series all about the recorded miracles of Jesus. We hope you enjoy. So our scripture today comes from John 6, 11. Jesus then took the loaves and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated. Likewise also of the fish as much as they wanted. 
That's the thing. How much do you want? This is a good question. This is a good Sunday morning question. I mean, you know this miracle. It's the one that we think about sometimes when we're balancing the checkbook. It's the one that we think about sometimes when we're figuring out what items to put back at the grocery store checkout. It's the one that we think about when we're trying to figure out how to make it happen, how to let it happen, how to experience it happening. I don't care what verbiage you want. It's the prayer, right? I can't tell you how many times I thought about, well, loaves and fishes worked. This is going to work. Don't know how. This is going to work. This is the moment. This is the miracle. And we all know that feeling. We know what it's like to be hungry in that way. Not just for a fillet of fish, but also, please, can I get some kind of an understanding? Please, can I get some kind of an answer? Please, can I get some kind of a breakthrough? This is the moment. This is the miracle for those moments. This is the first real uh, prosperity miracle, if you want. And there's that word, prosperity. It's a rough word. It's a rough word because a lot of times a preacher will start talking about that right before they pass the basket. Don't worry, I just got up here. But when I use a word like prosperity, a lot of times people think, oh, great, he's going to talk about money. So let's deal with that for a second. You know because you've lived this life. You know because we've talked about it together. You know because you know that money is fine. But it is such a tiny part of what we're talking about. I know that there are lots of places that you can go in the world that will tell you that money and happiness are the same thing. But you know that ain't true because you know lots of people who've got money ain't happy. People who don't have money who are happy. So obviously they are loosely coupled at best. Doesn't work that way. Not that it's a bad thing, but it's just such a tiny piece of what we're talking about. Prosperity is about a life that works. Prosperity is about your ability to make a difference. Prosperity is about smooth sailing, good times. Prosperity is about freedom. That's why I talk about it all the time. Prosperity is not about how much money you have in the bank, but how much happiness you have in your life. That's the thing. That's what we're looking for. Joy, ease, the ability to make a difference in the world. That's prosperity. Yeah, money can help some of that, but let's not worry too much about it. If prosperity is like an Italian sports car where you can take the top down and drive and blast the music, and I'm not judging your choice of music, and you can go and do that kind of thing. If that's what prosperity feels like, then money is like the wrench you use to tighten the lug nuts. That's the comparison. It's a tiny little tool for a tiny little moment of it, and it's nothing to worry about. It is never the point. The point is a life that works for you and a world that works for all of us. That's why we're here. So when I say prosperity, that's what I mean. This is an important miracle because it talks about our relationship with the world. I mean, are we trying to get away? Are we angry with it? Are we afraid of it? You can feel that whole spectrum of reactions to the world when you go to different churches. So how do we deal with it? It's a good question. Thanks for asking. This is also an important miracle because this is the first time we have the disciples involved really at all. Jesus and the gang. I have some of their albums. They're great. (laughs) But you know what I mean. This is the first time the disciples really show up. And this is a big deal because the disciples, you know what the word means, right? It means student. 
That's what they're there to do. They had a lot of words for Jesus, lots of big, magic, huge, respectful words. But the word that they kept coming back to over and over again was the word teacher. That was it. We're here to learn something. The point of the disciples working with Jesus is the same as the point of us working with Jesus. It's not about Jesus swooping down and fixing a thing. That's Spider-Man. The point is, can I learn something so that I can experience something in my heart so that I can go make a better world? There's a difference there. So when we're talking about the disciples, we're not just talking about those guys in Scripture. We're talking about you and me. Because church for us is not something that happens to us, but rather hopefully it's something that we learn from so that we can go out and fix a thing. Change a thing. Do a thing. That's what this is all about. So we are those disciples. <laughs> but it's also really helpful to have the disciples in the stories because they're the ones who don't get it. Over and over again. I mean, think about it. We have Jesus in the scripture for, here's what it looks like when it's done perfectly. They who have seen me have seen the Father and all of that, right? When you see Jesus, you see, here's what it looks like when you know who you are as a child of God. When you live that life. And that's awesome. But it's not always helpful. I mean, imagine your first day of driving school going and then the instructor comes out and he puts on a helmet and he gets in a Formula One car and he does some sweet donuts and he jumps over a school bus. And he goes, okay, your turn. <laughs> I don't know if I'm covered for this. It's helpful to see the ideal, but it's educational sometimes to see the process. And that's what the disciples do for us. They show us, here's what it looks like when you're chewing on it. Not when it's all perfectly understood. But when you're working through it. Because I don't know about you, but I have been working through some stuff and I need some help on that level. Sometimes I need to see it broken before I can figure out it fixed. You know what I mean? That's what the disciples do back then. And they do for us now. Because I don't know about you, but I am in process. And that is okay. The process itself is a process of engagement. You want to follow this path? You want to be a disciple? Engage. Show up for your life. Pay attention and get involved. Roll your sleeves up and get in there and do a thing. This is important. Feeding the multitudes, feeding hungry people is a sign of let's show up, not, you know what, you really ought to be hungry. You really ought to suffer. Jesus showed up. And he fed people. As it turns out, the works I do, you shall do also applies right here. There is somebody that needs to be fed in your life. There's moments to show up for. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of radical engagement, of showing up. The thing that I keep coming back to when I look at different parts of my life is hungry people got fed. They weren't made to feel bad for being hungry. They weren't told that hunger is a virtue. They got fed. Think about that. But let's also think about the fact that food was not the point. Jesus did not open a bakery at the mountaintop. This is not a filet of fish miracle. It's not about the people getting fed. That wasn't the point. Why were they fed? They were fed so they could hang around and learn some more. Everybody got the fish sandwiches so that they could be there and learn. It was never about the food. It was about the education. It was never about the miracle. It was about the learning. That's the thing. Around Jesus, the hungry got fed, but the feeding wasn't the point. The learning was the point. 
I'm here to tell you that it's okay to want the things that you want. But why do you want them? Get clear on it. If you want to prosper, make sure that the things that you're going after help you learn instead of try to tell you who you are. There's a difference, isn't there? Why do you want the things that you want? This is a good question. Yeah. But I need you to know that it's okay to want things. It really is. It's okay to want things. It's okay to want the bills to be paid. It's okay to want a good time. It's okay to want those sorts of things. There's nothing wrong with any of that, as long as it doesn't become the point of your existence. This is our stance on that. And this is a big deal because there are a lot of churches you can go to that tell you that if it's physical, if it's material, if it's, here's the word, worldly, that it's bad. If it's worldly, if it's physical, that it's bad and it is to be hated and feared. There are lots of churches that spend a lot of time drawing walls around things. Those things are bad. Those people who are different, those things that you buy in the store, they're bad. And I say, why are we giving so much power and attention to stuff you buy? It shouldn't have that kind of power. But there are people whose religion is based on hate, fear, division, and judgment. And so they live a life of hate, fear, division, and judgment. Funny how that works. It's amazing. Everything is like everything, you know? People say, well, the Bible says, and wait a minute. Don't come to me with that about the Bible because the Bible says, I came that your joy might be full. In the Bible, Jesus feeds people. Over and over again, stuff happens. So don't tell me that. And also, let's think about that for a minute because I don't know about you, but my Bible did not drop from the clouds. It didn't. It'd be a cool story. Lo and behold, and the thing happened, and the, the music swelled, and the Bible drifted down from the clouds. Cool. It didn't work that way. I don't know about your Bible, but mine was made in a factory, you know, next to probably other kinds of books being printed. It's okay. I have no judgment about that. It is what it is. So you say to those people who hate and fear, wait a minute, this is a material object. Is that to be hated and feared? And they say, oh, no, no, because there's ideas in there that are important, that are transformational. And so I say, wait a minute, do you mean that a physical thing can be a conduit for good ideas? Maybe everything's like that. What if the things in your life were put there by God? Not to be worshipped, but to be understood. What if the things in your life, in this moment, even the things you're not crazy about thinking about, were put there by God to change something? What if there's an idea, a feeling, a moment of transformation inside if you just look past the cover? What if? There's something beautiful about the knowing that the things in your life are there to help you. Now, I want to be careful about that because, okay, so we're not rejecting the world, but sometimes people in the sphere of American progressive spiritual stuff, to get used to technical terms, swing the pendulum all the way over to the other side and they go, oh, therefore, I'm supposed to just be all wrapped up in stuff. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to just be about worshiping things. And so they go, oh, if I just bought the right stuff, I could be okay. You know, if, if, if only I had more sage to burn. My life doesn't work, but I think it's because my salt lamp isn't turned on. That's why. Over and over again. Here's the formula. 
If you can buy it in a store, it can't tell you who you are. That's it. If you can buy it in a store, it can't tell you who you are. It's not good or bad. There are people who fear the material world, and I say, wait a minute. Hungry people got fed. Sick people got healed. Jesus stood where we stand and walked where we walk. He didn't hover around. He was here. Let's be here too. But we're not here to worship things. I mean, I'm a Christian. This is a Christian church, and so we talk about Jesus stuff all the time. Ask yourself, how many spiritual trinkets did he sell? But you know what? We don't even have to stop there. How many gizmos did Moses sell to say, if you want spirituality and five easy payments, you have to buy this thing, plug this thing in, do this special magic thing? How many times did, did Muhammad or the Buddha or any of them, as it turns out, any spiritual hero you have has the same message in this place. They differ in other places, but in this place, they all say the same thing. If you want to be spiritual, it has to do with triumphing over material things. Not running away from them, but just not letting them control you. That is the spiritual victory. You can't buy a spiritual victory by buying material things. It don't work that way. Last week, we talked about ultimate concern, the idea that the thing you think about the most is your God, whether you know it or not, because that's what you pivot your whole life around. So you're treating it like your God. It's a form of worship. Your ultimate concern, the thing that you pay attention to, the thing that you spend time with. And so there are people who say material things are bad and they think about all the times they avoid things and hate things. Well, material still run in their lives. And there are people who say, oh, material things are all that there is and isn't it awesome? And look at this new thing I bought. They're materialists. They're materialists. When the idea is to get past it all the way and to stop worrying so much about it. God put it there for you to learn, but it's about the learning. So what do you see? That's the question. It's always the question, isn't it? What do you see? In the story, we know what the disciples saw. They saw a problem. <laughs> I love that they're there, like I said, because sometimes that's what I see when stuff comes up. The disciples are the ones that go, okay, we got a lot of people in uh, one lunchbox. One set of Lunchables for all of these people, what do we do? That's what they saw. They saw the problem. They saw what was there, and that's a beautiful first step to actually pay attention. We're not in denial, but they stopped there. At least they had a little hope. That's something, right? Because the disciples said, okay, this is terrible. I don't know what to do. We can't send somebody out. There is no catering here. Uber Eats has not been invented yet. It's like five more years before that comes around. But at least they thought, you know what? I think Jesus can probably deal with this. The disciples at least had that little bit of hope. That's what makes them disciples and not bystanders. And it's a great place to start. At least believe that it's fixable. I don't know how. But I'm willing to hand it over. Start there. It's a great place to start. But don't stop there. Because the difference between the disciples and Jesus in a way in this story, the difference between knowing about a miracle and living the miracle, let's say, is the difference between belief and knowing. This is important. 
Your life is about the difference between belief and knowing. You can believe all kinds of things, but what you know in your heart is the only thing that really matters. You can believe all kinds of things. Doesn't change much. But what you know determines what happens next. So what do you know? Because the disciples believed, but they didn't know yet. Jesus knew. So he said, you know what, guys? What do we got? This is important. He didn't say, forget it. Isn't it interesting, by the way, that he also didn't say, hocus pocus, everyone has a full tummy. And now for my next trick. I mean, he could have, right? We already know about people being healed at a distance and all of that. He didn't say, abracadabra, and then the white tiger comes out or whatever. You know what I mean? It wasn't that. It would have been cool. The gospel according to Siegfried and Roy. But see, that's the point. It's never about the trick. It's never about the miracle. It's never about the thing. It's about the feeding. It's about the interaction. It's about the growth. So how do we grow? The things in your life are there to help you grow. So Jesus said, let's start with what we have. And guys, that's a message for you. Start with what you have. It's so easy to curse where you are. Oh, I hate this job. I hate this person. I hate how much money I don't have in the bank. I hate this stupid car. I hate the blah, 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 blah. So I say again, and I will say again before we're done. What if God gave that to you? Not to limit you, but as a place to start. I can't have a miracle because of my past. I can't have a miracle because of this bad feeling I have. I can't have a miracle because of enough. You are now permitted to quit doing that. And in fact, the world needs you to quit doing it. Whatever has gone on is where you start. So let's start. No more of this. No more orbiting the hurt. Start with it and move on beyond it. That's what Jesus brings to the table, so to speak. But I love this because everybody's freaking out. And he goes, can you have everybody sit down? And the Bible says, they sat down and he blessed. He looked up to heaven and he blessed what was given. And then he distributed to everyone who was seated. So I love the idea. It's like kindergarten all of a sudden. People who weren't seated didn't get anything. Everybody else got a graham cracker and some fruit punch. Those who were seated got something. And in fact, the Bible says, as much as they wanted. If you want your miracle, you got to sit down. (laughs) Settle down. Take a minute. What can you settle into? What do you know? Once again, it's about the difference between believing and knowing. What do you know? Sit in that. What do you know? Settle into that. What do you really know? I can believe all kinds of things that that's great. What do you know? And it might not be a big thing. I know that I've been taken care of before. I don't know how. Doesn't matter. I know that I have love in my heart. I know that I have a yearning to be free. I know certain things. I know that I am inspired by a beauty. I know that I don't want to be alone. I know whatever. Start with what you know and settle into it. Sit there because that's when you get fed. Sit in what you know. So this week, if I were to give homework, it would be to spend some time thinking about what you know. Just like you know you're alive, what do you know? 
The Bible says it. I know the Bible says that. That's beautiful. What do you know in your heart? Start there. And you'll get to the other stuff. You will understand what the Bible says later when you understand what's going on in your heart. What do you know? And then it says, this is great. This is the spiritual Tupperware moment. There was so much leftovers, they filled 12 baskets. I don't know if you can burp a basket, but anyway. Isn't that great, the leftovers moment? It's a moment where some people who are still in a fear place go, well, see, they didn't want to waste any. Like, well, wait a minute. They just, they just did the magic fish fillet trick. Do you think that they were worried about running out? It's amazing how quickly people go back to a place of fear and lack. And I'm sure there were people there that went, wow, this is an amazing miracle. We better be careful. What? I mean, after this? That's not why the baskets are there. The baskets are there for a couple of reasons, and one of them is to dispel the idea that this is a miracle of division. Now, there's a lot of big words, so let me explain what I'm talking about. I have to do that a lot because, you know. To dispel the idea that this is a miracle of division because there are some people that say, well, you know, what happened was they had some fish and some bread, and Jesus was just very good at chopping them up into little tiny pieces, and everybody got a little bit on a Ritz cracker. It was a crudité miracle. And Ted Peters was born. There's a St. Pete joke right there. But people say that's the, that's the thing. But, but no, that's not the point. The point of the baskets is we start with one lunchbox, everybody gets fed, and now 12 baskets. The point of that is to say this is not about cutting up what's there. It's about starting with what's there and getting past it so that magic can happen. This is important. But the baskets are already there because here's an important prosperity truth. You ready? This is key. If you want to prosper, you need to know about this. The baskets are there to talk about right use. Right use. You know, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom and the righteousness. You've heard that before. And you know if you break down the word, it means right useness. In other words, seek to give thanks and do something positive. Use it right. Once again, what if the things in your life were given to you by God? If God gave you that car, maybe you'd wax it more. If God gave you that person, even if you don't want to be with them, maybe you'd go, what if they had something to teach me? If God gave you that checkbook, if God gave you that, that physical body, how would you treat it? Because that is the beginning of prosperity. The beginning of prosperity is right use. I can't tell you how many times Jenny and I have the meeting. The meeting is, okay, here's the bills. God, you're a patient woman. Here's the bills, here's the stuff, and she runs down all the numbers with me, and we go through, and all I want to know is if I can buy a toy. But sooner or later, when we've got a big plan, one or the other of us will say, okay, this makes sense. Is this right use? That's the question to ask yourself when you're doing the checkbook. That's the question to ask yourself when you're saving up for the car. That's the question to ask yourself when you open your pocketbook. Is this right use? Because God gave this to me. How shall I treat it? Not like it's limited because this comes from God. I'm not going to be afraid, but I'm going to treat it with respect. Is this right use? And let's expand it beyond cash because, once again, money is such a tiny piece of this. Ask yourself, is this right use of my time, my talents, my desires? Is this right use of the love in my heart? Is this relationship, this job, this conversation, is this right use? 
And the answer to that question will determine your prosperity. Because when you treat things like they came from God, you begin to realize they came from God. Give us this day our daily bread, right? There's that word. Bread comes up a lot. I mean, bread is all over the place. This is a a gluten-insensitive scripture. Over and over again, give us our daily bread. Over and over again, cast your bread upon the waters. Everywhere Jesus goes, he's breaking and blessing bread. I mean, there's no bread knives necessary when this guy's in town. He's breaking it everywhere. Over and over again. But bread doesn't just mean bread. You know that, right? Because, you know, carbs. But anyway, it's not just about that. Bread is a stand and it's a metaphor for the stuff of life. What you need to get going. What you need to make it work. In other words, that that line in the Lord's Prayer isn't just about bakeries. It's about saying, God, we know that you give us what we need to get through the day. Not just money, not just food, but time and attention and and get up and go, moxie, to make it happen, whatever it is. That's a young person's word, moxie. It all comes from God. So we start by saying, just like Jesus said, what do we got right now? Don't stop there. Because I'm not telling you to be afraid that there won't be any more. I'm not telling you to count their blessings because there might not be any more. I'm not telling you to be afraid of what you have. If we stop with just giving thanks for what we have, we can end up in a cycle of dependence. And that's not what's intended. Take what you have because God gave it to you. And then look deeper. Jesus blessed the bread and then he broke it which is not about making sure everybody gets a little peace. He broke it, which is a symbol for, I'm looking past the outer crust of the way that things look, and I see that this is God happening. I see that there's infinity here. I see that there's potential here. Take what God has given you in this moment and look past the surface. Because here's the formula. Are you ready? This is important. If it comes from God, and everything is, right? If it comes from God, then it has infinity at its core. Think about that. This is the key to everything. This is it. If it comes from God, then it has infinity at its core. And my job is to not be fooled by how it looks right now, but to look past where it is into what it can be. The one and only trick to prosperity, the one and only trick to miracles is that there's no trick. Just see the infinity that's there and treat it that way. That's it. You want the bills to get paid. You want to find more love in your life. You want it to work. Remember, God gave it to you, so treat it like that and find the infinity that's at the core. When science splits an atom and releases all of that amazing energy and power, that is just the crudest physical version of something that happens on the spiritual level every time you fall in love. Every time somebody's born. Every time art inspires somebody. Every time you are moved. That's God happening. That's a little bit of that infinity coming out. Yeah, we all know what it's like to be hungry. Yeah, we all know what it's like to not know where the answers are. Yeah, we know what it's like to feel like our miracle is far away, but I'm telling you, he walked where we walk. It can happen right here. Start where you are and bless it. And look past where it is and give it out. There's something on the inside that's transformative. This is a miracle of the middles, right? He takes and he gives. 
He says, sit down, and he looks up. He blesses, and he breaks. I'm not the source. I'm not the destination. The message here is that somewhere in the middle, at the core, is your miracle. Look past where you are to the middle and jump in because that's where it all starts, and that's how you get free because, after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you. So I love this take on prosperity and it's not even really about tithing. Today's service, it could have gone in a different direction. It could have been a service about and lessons about tithing, but it didn't go there because it didn't need to go there. Well, because I Because that you, is not what it's, that's really not what it's about. It's not what it's about. And nine times out of 10, when a minister does a loaves and fishes lesson, this is about how they're trying to pump up the giving in their congregation. Mm-hmm. And I get that. I understand. I mean, everybody, this is a thing. In, in the same way that if you're a contractor, you got to make sure you're you're putting enough money away for your taxes and you're paying your people and you're obeying the ordinances and stuff like that. One of the things in the ministerial set of considerations is, are we doing right by our physical building? We have enough money in the building fund and all that. And I get it. I understand. I'm not begrudging any ministers for doing that. 99% of ministers are not trying to buy a Ferrari and a Rolex and all that. That... We get a bad, bad rap in the press. There are some that do that, but it's a small percentage. They're just the ones you, you see on TV. The truth is most of them are just trying to keep the roof patched, you know, and that kind of stuff. So I get it. I don't begrudge it. But the fact is, that's not what this miracle is about. Jesus is giving loaves and fishes to all the people sitting there. He's not asking them, please pass your fish forward. You know what I mean? Right. That's not what's going on. And so I was really grateful for the opportunity to turn that around. I really love the idea of and it for me last week and this week's mm-hmm. kind of really did go hand in hand there's such a flow right there really is a flow and as you see them um and you've done such a marvelous job of making that flow happen it, it really is well they, it's there in the bible it really is well it's very seamless for because for me the thing that you said last week was you know, whatever you're paying attention to, that's your God because that is your ultimate concern, right? So the, the thing that you're paying the most attention to, that's what you're making your God. Okay. And then if you really do want this prosperity miracle, if you if you want to have this, that not only has to be reevaluated, but you have to go and you have to say, all right, um, what is the next step for me? What is what is going to happen for me? And what can I, where can I start with that? Because the the breakdown of why we see the disciples in the Bible has to do with they're they're us. I loved yeah, I loved that part us. of it. And and you know I mean I I've known that for a really long sure, time. I took all of the allegory classes and Bible <laughs> classes. You know that that you have um, way back when. But I um. It was a nice reminder today that, oh, okay, yeah, start with what you have. And it's more than just being grateful. Yeah, because what I was really trying to say, and I hope I got that across, is it's great to say whatever's in my life is supposed to be there because reasons. Mm -hmm. Whatever's in my life is supposed to be there so I can learn from it or whatever. God put it there. All of that is absolutely true, but we mustn't stop there. Because the thing is, if you if you stop with that, 
if the lesson is, well, God gave it to you, so put up with it, this becomes very abusive. This can become dysfunctional very fast. If you go, God gave you this miserable situation, so just sit in it. Mm -hmm. But I'm not saying that. And that's not what happens in the miracle. Think about it. Jesus starts with the loaves and fish that, that were given to him. Okay, God gave this to me through the little boy, through the lunchbox, through whatever. Everybody's an intermediary, right? Mm -hmm. But it comes from God ultimately. But Jesus doesn't go, well, guys, this is what we got. Everybody dig in. The message is, and I, I really want to make sure that everybody hears this. This is super important. God does give you everything in your life. If there's just God, that means that there's nothing that didn't come from there. But God gives you the things so that you can transform them, so that you can break them open, spiritually speaking, and, and find out the power that's in there to transform. God gave you that relationship, not so that you can sit in dysfunction, but so that you can heal through it, so that you can show that other person, this is how we treat people, and this is how we don't treat people, for example, so that you can liberate it. God put you in that job, not so that you can toil away, but so that you can learn what you are meant for and what you aren't meant for, so that you can make a difference somewhere. God gave you stuff so that you can interact with it and transform it. This is the blessing and the breaking of the bread. This is about being free from the way things look. And that's really important. If your ultimate concern is material things, you're never going to get past it. And one of the things that really stuck out for me is, just like I said in the lesson, every spiritual hero, obviously, we're going to talk about Jesus. Sure. But even if you're not a Christian, every spiritual hero you ever heard about, part of their message is liberation from matter having control over your life. Not necessarily liberation from stuff, mm -hmm. but liberation from stuff being in charge. Jesus doesn't say money is the root of all evil. He says the love of money is the root of all evil, right? right? That There's an important piece there, right? That's the idea. So what we're talking about is getting free of material. It drives me crazy that in... Every kind of spiritual pursuit, Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Buddhist, New Agey stuff, anything, you can say it's about being free from ha matter having control over you, just like I've been beaten into the ground. And a person will say, that's absolutely right. And now I got to get my butt to the metaphysical bookstore and buy a bunch of salt lamps and, and magic healing crystals and burn some sage and get some stuff. And it's like, wait a minute, we just said don't do that. Right. It's amazing how quick that gear shift can happen. And I'm not saying crystals are evil. I'm just saying there's no power in a rock. Right. It's a rock. Right. They're very pretty. I have no problem with that. But to the degree that you put your power in something material, you've taken your power out of where it needs to be. Yeah. And this is something that we talk about a lot. But I want to have, and like I always do, as I sit and I listen, I always want to have sort of a practical application of what I can do, something that I can do in my life as a reminder, um, I'm still I'm still using that whole "Where is God?" from like that was you know, from the I Am series, the yeah. I Am series months ago. Because whenever I get angry or scared or anxious, I'm like, "All right, where's God?" You know, "All right, this is the and it's a it's a nice little prayer, it's a nice little reminder." So, and again from last week, I've really been using the idea of okay, whatever I'm paying the most attention to, that's that's what I'm making you know, my, my God, you know, my graven image, I was really kind of racking my brain for something that I could hang on to for this time. And I haven't really come up with anything. And as I'm sitting here, I'm talking it through with you. I'm thinking, all right, something, something material or someone comes into my life, right? 
So maybe it's a good thing and maybe it's, you know, maybe in, in the outer, not such a good thing that that personality or that circumstance or, or something goes on. But if we can hang on to the idea that this is a blessing and I need to do the best I can with this and not be attached to the outcome and not be attached to what we think needs to happen, just do the best that is on our hearts and are on our minds, I think that we can get there. I think that that is the release that we have. You know, yeah. am well, I making and- sense? Because I, I'm thinking about a particular person this week that has kind of been in our lives. And, um, you know, there it, it's it's been a little bit of drama for them and a little bit of hardship for them. And I, I'm going, okay, I, I feel the pull to, okay, what can I do? How can I help? How, how do I assist this? And we and, want to do that, but sometimes and the helping can is, go to dysfunction right, and exactly. codependence so, and what do you do? Right. right. And so the, the answer for me is, well, um, do the best I can. Sure. Support the people that are supporting this person and, and you know, um, hold space for them and, and do all of that and tell the truth. You know, well, because I, that's I think, part that's, of how I love think works. that's part of how love works and say, hey, you know, you're you're maybe not at your best right now. So maybe come back, go think about this and come back and talk about it. But um, at the same time, through a hardship, there will be a blessing. And we don't know what that's going to look like. We have no idea what um, what God has in store for. But that doesn't matter. The miracle happens in a lot of different ways. Well, and the, here's the thing. I really want us as people, not just us sitting on the orange couch here, but us as people, everybody listening. And I think in the world, I think that a real revolution begins to happen when we get out of the commodity consciousness. Mm-hmm. The idea that there's a finite thing that we pass around. That love is a thing that you can contain. That faith, for example, is something you go get when you know you already have faith. And the well, idea and those, that, that... That is a transactional relationship. Right. But, right. We trade that back and forth and now it's your turn to feel bad so I can feel good and blah, 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 right. blah. And which so, never works because that sets up an adversarial relationship. Well, I want us to get past the idea that a blessing is this thing. I got my blessing from this. Boom. Here's a box marked blessing with a ribbon on top. It doesn't work that way. But I think it's but, easy to compartmentalize that. And yeah, think of but it the that thing way. is when we when we commoditize, we're making distance, we're making distinctions, we're making barriers, we're putting up walls. There's all kinds of dualities, in fact a multiplicity, when there's only one presence and one power. It doesn't work that way. So this is not about going, what is my one finite blessing from this moment? Mm-hmm. God put this person in my life and by golly, God put me in their life. Here's this blessing that we trade back and forth. That's not how this works. Instead, the, a blessing is a living thing. There are no boundaries to it because what's the boundary of love? What's the boundary of God? What's the boundary of truth, beauty, honor, anything important? There's no boundary. It's not something you can put in a box. Right. That's materialism all over again in a secret disguise. So well, instead of that, this is about saying this is not about a finite blessing that I look at and go, there's my blessing. Look at it on the shelf. Instead, well, I don't give and take the blessing. I dance with it. I experience Well, what it. I was going to say is that the blessing can carry, it's such a, it's such a cliche thing, but 
the blessing must carry forward in order for that to happen. So, and I think the blessing happens when you learn what to do and what not to do. The blessing is, is where do I go from here? When is it, the blessing is an educational opportunity. Well, and the it's blessing is a, something it's that not we're, a commodity. It's, it's something, something that, that we're in forward. together. The right. blessing is something we're in together. It's not something you trade. Yes. Okay. The blessing is the music that we dance to. It's not something that we give to each other. Okay. That's the thing. We are in a blessing. The God moment is something that that happens in and through both of us and in and through everybody all at the same time. It might be that I see a particular facet of it in my relationship with you, and that's beautiful. But the blessing is something that we are in. So in other words, this isn't about going, I can't wait to be done with you. What's my blessing? That's like you're asking a toll or something, like you're some kind yeah, of bridge Yeah, and that troll. feels gross. That's weird. Yeah. So the idea is instead, you know what? You are a blessing to me, and I am going to be a blessing to you, and we're going to figure out what that looks like in an ongoing basis. And as this journey goes on, it might be that you and I are supposed to walk this path together forever, or it might be that once we learn this piece of it, that the blessing keeps us in different directions, and mm-hmm. I'll see you later. Yeah. And we all know people who have been one or both at different times in our lives. Be in the blessing. Remember that what is given to you in this moment is given by God. So find the infinity at the core of it. Just jump in. Now it's time for the part of the podcast where only the really true <laughs> believing fans stay for. <laughs> and that the is... The secret teachings. <laughs> right? So, you know, it's like the spoilers at the end of Avengers movies, right? Yeah, the you've carry listened on. to the credits exactly. and now we you've find sat out through them. what in the heck Captain Marvel is up to <laughs> on the Samuel L. Jackson's beeper. Right? Exactly. Well, there was a great debate today at church about that, but oh, really? I, I digress. I missed that. I was having a donut, I think. <laughs> Anyway, I think I won. It's the check it out part. And this is the part of the podcast where we let you know how you can reach us, how you can see what we're up to, and how you can join us on a more regular basis. So the first thing that we'd like to let you know is if you'd like to get in touch with everything that's happening, go to our website, waterandstonechurch.com. There you're going to find every time we gather, you're going to find the series of lessons that we're in. You're going to find um, our listen page where you find this podcast yeah. and older podcasts. I mean, this is episode 81. Come on, guys. That's a lot of Isn't time. That that awesome, you by the way. To. That's hours and hours of stuff that could change your life. And some goofy stuff too, but isn't that part of the fun? And there's also a thing at the top that says watch, and there's links to all of our YouTube stuff. There's a great thing that says read, and it's all of our blog posts, and I'm in the middle of a series that I'm really proud of. Awesome stuff is going on all over the website. If you scroll to the bottom of any page of the website, there are links to all of our social media accounts, which is Facebook. Come like us on Facebook and Twitter, and we've got an awesome Instagram. It's really fun. All kinds of great stuff going on there, and especially our YouTube channel. Yes, and we do have two of them. We have one for Water and Stone. So go check that out. That's going to be all of the little snippets that Dieter does, the shareable little five to ten minute videos that you can share with your friends. If you hear a message and you really feel inspired to share that with somebody that might be going through a challenge that could hear some inspirations words from Dieter, (laughs) go ahead and send that to them. The other one is my channel called This Day, and it's all about the ability to cook 
vegan and vegetarian comfort food. It's yummy stuff. It's it's that kind of food, but with a little bit of a spiritual twist on it. It's a really fun combination. I know it sounds weird, and when I got to work on the elevator pitch because well, it always sounds weird. But nobody's doing it. Because but it's really really awesome, and I am so I'm always so amazed at how spirit speaks through mm-hmm. everything that I yeah, do. Yeah, me too. It's amazing. Everything gets tied up, and I'm like, oh. Well, of course, if you're talking about macaroni and cheese, you're talking like being, you know, you're, you know you're how weird that is, though, like right? A little child. This is super weird, <laughs> but it's it's really true. And and I love I the opportunity. We're talking about this in men's group the other night. There's nobody's doing this because it's like there are people on the internet who are doing vegetarian and vegan stuff, but a lot of it is stuff that I wouldn't want to eat. I want comfort food, man. So sure. you don't exactly fit in there. And there are people who are doing spiritual stuff, but it doesn't exactly fit there either. So what is this thing? And it's amazing because you get fed really good. Man, the food is so good. Ask around. Anybody who's in this physical area has had some of this food is incredible. But the food is really good. But you get to virtually sit in your kitchen and get a message that can turn your day around, can turn your heart around, can make a difference. And nobody is doing this, which is beautiful. But it's also hard to describe. The best way to find out what the heck we're talking about is to check out the channel. It's something to be proud of. And it's something that everybody who sees it absolutely loves. I just love how this has taken off for you, for our community, the whole deal. Yeah, it's my heart and soul. So so go go give it a look-see and, and tell me what you think. Leave me a comment. But the best way to come and experience the things that are going on at Water and Stone is to come and visit us on a Sunday morning. We meet at USF St. Pete Harbor Hall, and that is 1000 Third Street South. We meet every Sunday at 11 a.m., and man, our church family is amazing. They are awesome. And um, I look forward to Sunday mornings. I, I really, really, do. really do. You know, I have to tell you, I, you know, I've said this before. I, I always have loved church. I'm a minister's kid. I've been in, it's been in my blood and I've always loved it. But this is different. I'm excited about seeing my family. Every Sunday is like a little family reunion and we've got some amazing people and everybody's got uh, a story of what they're working on and a successful moment and happy things and support and just love. And we bust each other's chops a little bit too. It's like a real family and it makes me really happy. I am so proud of this crew and I want you to be a part of it. There's amazing stuff happening. And if you want to find out more about the stuff that's happening, yes, check our website. But also if you text, I am ready. That's one word. I-A-M-R-E-A-D-Y. If you text, I am ready to 84576. Text, I am ready to 84576. And you'll be in the loop. Once a week or so, it's not a crazy amount. We send out a little text that has our newsletter in it that just outlines all the kind of things that we're doing and thinking about. Sometimes there's an emergency announcement. Hey, you can't get in the parking lot this way, so go this way. Or we're going over here to go help at the food bank and don't forget to bring blah, 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 that kind of thing. But it's a very small number of texts that can change your level of involvement. So text, I am ready to 84576 and you'll be in the no. This podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the comfy orange couch. And the national treasure of Pinfeather is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She edits these podcasts for us. She's half of the music that you hear in the musical breaks, and she is just an awesome person all the way around. The other half of the music you hear is the heroic and the lovely and talented 
Miles Randolph. He's just incredible. We're so proud of him, and we're so happy to be their parents. This podcast is solely supported by you. And you know what that means. There's a million things you can do. If you go to the website, you can donate electronically to the church, and we give thanks for people who are doing that. There's a way to shop at Amazon in such a way that it helps support what we're doing. That's a great way to support it. But I got to tell you, there's a lot of ways. Go share something. Go share one of those YouTube videos or share a blog post or like us on Facebook or invite somebody to one of our events. Like we got a beach cleanup coming up next month. It's going to be so much fun. Bring somebody to church. Write a five-star review. There's a million things that you can do, and all of them are great, but the number one thing that you can do to help support this work that we're doing to change the world is just show up. Be there with us for one of our men's groups or women's groups. Be there with us for one of our sunrise or sunsets. Be there for one of our amazing service projects. But most of all, be there on a Sunday morning at 11 o'clock at Harbor Hall. It's going to change your life.